Well, welcome and thank you for joining me for this episode of Business and Legal Q&A Live. Today is June 23rd, 2015, and we're going to be answering a question from uh, Bethany from Houston, Texas. And, and, and Bethany asks the following question. I set up a small accounting firm last year, and I'm having trouble generating clients. I use social media and online advertising, but what am I doing wrong? And that's a real good question. I mean, it was really one of those that um, required some more insight. And so I actually reached out to Bethany. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And uh, learn these questions. I think that we all in trying to figure out what is the best way to market our business, whether it's marketing ourselves personally because we are a professional services business like like Bethany here who's an accountant or whether we're trying to market a book an online product um, a seminar or maybe we're trying to market a, a brick-and-mortar business you know a, a bake shop or something like that and it's a really good question because I don't think people understand how to harness and utilize the power of the internet and just being on social media isn't always enough so we're going to uh, to talk about that, and then later in the show, we're going to Hawk Mikado, who is a leading expert in online to offline marketing and sales systems. Uh, Hawk has built over seven profitable businesses, and is an entrepreneur, adventurer, best-selling author, and the CEO of Invert. And Hawk has a new book out, which we're going to talk to him about. It's called "The Top Three Challenges That Can Kill Your Business and How to Easily Avoid Them." And that book really helps readers understand how to solve the three major challenges that cause 90% of businesses to fail. I'm going to drop a link to the book in the show notes as well. And I also want to remind everybody that we are streaming live on YouTube Live. We're on Blog Talk Radio, and we are, again, trying out the Meerkat thing. So we're streaming live on Meerkat as well. Let me know what you guys think about the Meerkat uh, stream. I'm still on the fence about it, so give me some feedback on whether or not you like the Meerkat thing, uh, whether it works, whether it sounds good, whether it's something that you would be interested in watching, and then we'll either nix it or we'll just incorporate it on a regular basis to um, to all of our shows. I also want to uh, remind you to check out utlradio.com. It's being updated right now. We're putting out a major update to the website. And um, we are going to be adding a brand new show, which we're excited about, which will be airing on Wednesdays. And it's called, on a different note, and it's going to be a music, business, and law show, right? Imagine those three things tied together. But really, when you're talking about the music industry, you're talking about a business. And you're combining a business with an art form, which is music. And it's really, really interesting to see the dynamic of how these things work together. So you could have a really great artist, but have a really bad career because it's not handled properly. And we're going to be talking to artists about their experiences in the music industry, in business and law. And we have a number of really, really good musicians lined up to be on the show. Uh, we're also going to be featuring their music. So it's going to be a great show, and it'll be co-hosted with uh, Bob Hughes. So it'll be me and Bob Hughes. For those of you who are regulars to the show, you know the Monday show is Business and Legal Week in Review, and you'll be familiar with Bob from there. 
All right, before we get started, I just want to thank today's sponsor. And today's show is sponsored by Wix.com. Wix is, in my opinion, the best, easiest, um, most comprehensive way to build a website today. You know, gone are the days, in my opinion, where you need to drop $25,000, $30,000 or more on a website. You know, instead, Wix provides you with really a drag-and-drop uh, HTML5 platform where you don't need to know any programming language. And um, I use it for all of our sites, and it really gives me that level of hands-on creativity and ability so that I don't have to constantly wait for somebody to update the website or to put something on that I want to, to, to push out to everybody. So um, I want to thank Wix for sponsoring the show. There are links that are going to be on UTL Radio to Wix. It'll give you free website access, um, but we are in the process of rebuilding utlradio.com for a launch, hopefully later on today or tomorrow. All right, so I uh, also want to remind you that if you have any questions about today's topic or you want some additional insight, or if you want to talk to our guest later, Hawk Mikado, please feel free to call into the switchboard at 347-855-8831, and we'll try to get you on the air. All right, now let's go back to uh, our question today, which was again submitted by Bethany from Houston. I want to thank Bethany uh, for submitting the question. And she asks, I set up a small accounting firm last year, and I'm having trouble generating clients. I use social media and online advertising, but what am I doing wrong? So being that this is a very common question that I see often, I decided that I was going to reach out to Bethany, and I was going to try to get some more information uh, from her, and I want to thank her for taking the time to speak with me. So what Bethany told me essentially is that she is using Facebook, Facebook ads, she has a Twitter account, she has a website, and a blog. And I was asking her, well, how do you utilize these online tools to develop and market your business? Now, remember, she's an accountant. So she's marketing herself. She's marketing a professional services business versus a product. And in my opinion, there is a distinct difference between the way that you're going to use social media or online marketing to market a product-based company versus marketing a service-based company. So before we get into the specifics of those types of marketing strategies, let me just go back and talk for a second about the difference between product-based um, businesses and service-based businesses. Now, I know it seems simple. Products, you sell products. Services, you sell services. But I want to talk for a second about the two different types. When you are a services business, especially if you are um, a maybe single operator, a sole proprietor, you are an accountant like in Bethany's case. And what I learned from Bethany is that Bethany does not have a number of employees. She has one employee who acts as her secretary, receptionist, and assistant. And, and then it's her. So Bethany has a limited ability to take on clients because there's only one Bethany. And until Bethany builds her business up to be able to handle bringing on additional employees who she can train to do things the way that she does things and then expand her business, 
she's limited to the amount of work that she can take in. So what happens on a, um, a services-based business when you take in too much work? Well, when you take in too much work and you can't staff it, then you're going to take shortcuts, you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to kind of destroy any reputation that you were building with respect to your high-quality work. Now, with Bethany's situation, she is struggling to get people to recognize that she's there, that she's able to do accounting. What she told me was that within the first six months or seven months of her business, she had an influx of people. Uh, that was due in part to a few things. First of all, she started her business in January, and that allowed for tax season and people who were looking for an accountant. Um, and, and it was so in the right time of the year. People were, were looking for somebody. She had launched a website. And the other thing that was helping her is that she had a lot of connections and people who knew that she was going out on her own. And so they were there to support her. They were bringing in friends and family members that they might know and saying, here, give Bethany a try. And, you know, she did a fine job. Everybody was happy from what Bethany's told me. Then after tax season, everything dries up and she's having difficulty. So I, I talked to her and she explained what she was doing. And I, I wanted to go step by step through what it was that she was doing. Um, but I just want to go back to my point about the difference between service-based and product-based. When you're pushing out a product, in my opinion, it is easier to market a product because you don't necessarily need to be hands-on with a product. If you are marketing an ebook or you are marketing a training seminar or a training package, those are things that um, really tend to fall into the passive income genre. They can sit on a website, they can sit on a landing page, and you don't really need to do much to generate interest. Sure, there's an initial marketing push and reviews necessary for ebooks and things like that. But once that sort of starts to catch fire, you can sit back. That's the idea of the, the passive income stream. You don't have to man that ship every single day. And the same with products. As long as your product is in demand, you know, you are selling something that people want and it's uh, being marketed right through the Internet. So, for example, let's say that, um, I don't know, you're selling some sort of, uh, I hate the example when people say a widget because, you know, a widget is what everybody comes up with. So let's come up with something else. Let's say that you are going to be selling a unique cookie mold, right, or a cookie cutter or a series of cookie cutters. They're unique, something that you've created. Once you get the word out there, it's easy to maintain that. And for things like that, Facebook, Pinterest, super, super good resources, especially if you look at Pinterest, how many women out there use Pinterest as a way to find recipes and products and things like that? So for a product like a, a unique cookie cutter, you could very easily get yourself set up and then things will take off. All right, but it's, it's different when you're in Bethany's case and you're trying to market yourself. So um, before I move on, I just want to thank everybody out there who's joining me on Meerkat. 
Uh, again, this is a new thing that we're trying, so let me know what you guys think about it. Um, but back to Bethany. So she says to me, all right, I'm using Facebook ads. I'm using Facebook posts. I'm using Twitter, blog, and a website. So I looked at her website, and her website was generic, but nothing uh, that would be a tip-off and say, whoa, why would you have that website? Uh, the website was simple. It was about three pages. It had a, a home page. It had an about her page, and then some general information about accounting. And from there, there were also links to her Facebook page and Twitter and her blog. And so I looked at the blog, and the blog had um, about 15 to 25 posts on the blog complete. And some of them were her own original content. Some of them were content that uh, she had, looks like she took from somebody else. And um, some of them were attributed to somebody else. Some of them weren't. And then a look at, at her Twitter feed. And her Twitter feed is a, a mix of accounting and, and personal interaction uh, with some family and friends. And then her Facebook ads and posts. And the Facebook posts were a lot of generic things that you see a lot of small business owners do. Uh, Happy Fourth of July, Merry Christmas, um, all those sorts of generic posts that I think uh, are, are important, okay, because you still want to interact with your audience. But I think that they're so generic now that people overlook them. And, and when you see one of those messages come through, Merry Christmas, you just ignore it. You don't really connect who's sending it with, oh, I want to use their services. And the it's, it's just something that people do. So I was talking to her and I said, listen, have you tried really interacting with people? And she says, you know, no, I've heard that about social media and I don't understand how to do it. So I want to take a second and talk about social media. Social media really is about interaction. And a lot of people use social media as a means of um, avoiding interaction with people. They don't want to actually have that, that physical connection with people. And they do it through the Internet. They put up a post. They send it out. And they hope that somebody looks at it. And then they hope that because you're looking at their post, they're going to want to do business with you. And that's not the way it works. Social media has one important word that everyone overlooks, which is social. So, you know, as we're streaming live on Meerkat, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you guys out there, I'm hopefully interacting with you, not just putting something out there and hoping somebody looks at it. And the same with our podcast listeners and YouTube Live. The idea here is to interact with you, not to just post a message and run away. And I said to her, that's what I think you're missing with respect to your social media, because you're just pushing out content that has no real uh, interactive, no social qualities to it, no real value to it. Sure, I might like the article that you posted on your blog about you know, the designation of, uh, of certain tax things or whatever it is that she's putting out as an accountant, but I don't feel any connection to you. Like the article but I don't like you. I don't even know you. I don't even realize that you have put that out there. And that's where I think that she started to go wrong because she was relying on social media to do all the work for her instead of her 
harnessing the power of social media to start pushing out a message. And, and I said to her, look, why don't you look at some other avenues of marketing yourself? Do you have a YouTube channel? Have you put out any videos? The answer was no. Uh, what about face-to-face meets? What about some you know, webinars? What about going out in your community and doing something? And she said to me, this is very interesting, she said to me, no, isn't community interaction dead? I mean, what businesses can actually make money by looking to the local community and doing something face-to-face? Isn't that the purpose of the Internet? I don't have to do that. And that is a major, major mistake. You could be sitting in your accounting office all day pushing out content on social media and have nobody call you. And it's because they're not making the connection between the content and you. And you want to sort of create that connection with people. You know, we have a YouTube channel, and I put out videos all the time. Some are from UTL Radio. Some are about business basics, or some are about, um, about the law. And I invite people to contact me if they have questions. And I know that a lot of people think that when when people do that, it's because they want you to hire them. And that's not why I, for example, have a YouTube channel. Sure. Do I want people to hire me? Yeah. But is that why I have a YouTube channel? Absolutely not. My YouTube channel is really meant to connect with people. I've got very strong feelings about trying to give people high-quality legal information and business information for free because I really believe that what you you give, you get back. And so our YouTube channel or my YouTube channel really is aimed at people who don't want to hire a lawyer. They want to do things themselves, you know, pro se representation. Maybe they don't have the money. And so I invite these people to call me and I take the time to answer all of their questions. That I'm not saying that, you know, oh, everybody should be like me. I'm not patting myself on the back at all. But what I wanted to do is kind of give an illustration, an example. And I said that to Bethany. I said, Bethany, have you put content out there not aimed at getting people to hire you, but rather giving people some of yourself? Because giving people some of yourself has a tremendous amount of value. And she said, no, I've not done that. I don't understand how to do that. And so I talked to her about, you know, creating a video or two that maybe explain the basics of accounting, accounting principles. You know, something that you're, you're giving to somebody and you're going to be helping them, you're going to be educating them, and you're not looking for something in return. Because when you put content out there and you're looking for something in return, there's this disingenuous feel and you're not building a relationship. You're not working on that social connection that you should be. You're just saying, here's a great piece of content. Now do this. And you're just lacking. I mean, imagine that you interact like that with people in the real world. Hi, my name is Peter. I'm a nice guy. Now do this. You know, people would be like, what? You can't go into uh, or have somebody come into your retail establishment and say something uh, nice to them. I like your dress. Now buy this. It's not how it works. There needs to be this social interaction. And you cannot avoid that and should not avoid that.
simply because you're using online media, online sources. So when we talked about this idea of putting content out on, on the you know, videos and YouTube, she said to me, but I don't understand. Why would I do that? A, it's not making me any money. B, it's going to take up my time. And C, I'm giving away information. Why wouldn't I have people pay for me to give them that information? And, you know, I understand that. And a lot of people think that, too. Well, why should I give away information for free? When you are a services-based business, people pay you for your knowledge, your experience, the way that you do things. Look, I happen to be an attorney, and there are millions of other attorneys. Maybe somebody does something like a motion or a document one way, and I do it another way. And they're both right, but my way is the way that maybe the client that has come to me likes. Okay, they like me for me. They like me because, you know, we, we connect as people, as clients. And we connect on a level where they feel comfortable with me representing them. Well, that didn't come from a generic happy St. Patrick's Day post that I, I threw out on Facebook. It does not build that connection. And oftentimes, we overlook that social connection importance because of the Internet, because it seems so easy. You know, you, you go onto Hootsuite or you go on some other um, you know, social media service where you can push out content automatically. And there's nothing wrong with that, so don't get me wrong. That's important. It's, a, it's an important part of marketing your online business. But when you lose the idea of connection, of social interaction, that's where I think people start to go wrong. And that's definitely where Bethany was going wrong because she had all this content but nothing that connected her to anyone. People didn't know her. People couldn't connect to her. There was no feelings of, um, you know, I trust this person, or I like this person, or like what she's saying. And, you know, I think that that's an important lesson to learn. So if you have a, a small business, and even a mid-sized business, and it's a services-based business, when you are selling you, you need to put yourself out there, and you need to give back. I think the importance of giving back is often overlooked. You know, it's just give me, me, me. I need you to help me. But where are you helping your clients and customers? What are you giving to them? What are you putting out there? What kind of information are you handing to them that can help them? Now, the other question that Bethany had asked me when I explained to her that I think she should do videos and, and content like that she said, why should I give away free information when people can pay me? And I, I said to her again, you're not giving away your work for free. You're not, in her case, because she's an accountant, you're not doing somebody's taxes for free. But you're giving them some information to help them understand some of the requirements that they must, you know, adhere to. And I think that that's really, really valuable. So what I do is when I have people who call a YouTube video or something that I put out, and, and I get a, a lot of calls, they are calling me because they cannot afford an attorney. They want to do this by themselves, and there is no resource out there available to them. 
And maybe it takes me 10 minutes, 15 minutes in a phone call with them. But when I hang up that phone with them, I've made a connection with them. Is it going to generate business from that person? No. But have I connected with them on a level where they're going to appreciate and respect me and feel like, wow, you know, this guy gave me this information. He didn't have to. He did. And, you know, maybe they'll say something positive about me. Maybe they won't. And I'll just feel good about myself knowing, all right, I took the time to give some information. But it's because I'm, I'm trying to utilize social media in a way that is social. And I, and I think that Bethany went wrong because she lost that element of social interaction. So aside from videos, what else can you do if you are a small business trying to get your message across? Well, if you're product-based, again, I think it's slightly easier. Coupons in some of those coupon mailers. People often overlook them. They say, oh, you know, who does print advertising? But you'd be surprised at what a product-based business can do with little coupons. The other thing that you might want to do is if you are uh, Internet savvy enough, you can do this yourself. And if you're not, you can always help have somebody help you with it whether you outsource it or you hire somebody or, you know, you just subscribe to a, a website that hosts webinars, you can give a webinar. You know, what's, what's wrong with Bethany as an accountant scheduling a webinar, maybe three months in advance, pushing it out on social media? Now, you see the difference between her scheduling a webinar that she's going to offer for free and pushing that content out on social media rather than Happy Easter or Happy Fourth of July that nobody cares about. You don't know me. Why are you wishing me, you know, Happy Easter? I don't, I don't care that you're wishing me Happy Easter or Happy Birthday or whatever. But if I'm going to offer you a free webinar and I'm going to give you information, well, maybe I might want to check that out. Why would I check it out? It's free and there's useful information that you're giving to me. I, as a customer, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that you've given me free information. And I'm going to, you know, take that information, do what I can with it, but maybe I need your help at some point. Maybe I'll call you. And that's the way that you could harness Internet's power, the Internet's power, for a professional services company, doing things like that, giving a free webinar, webinar offering a free seminar. Now, those people who out there say, well, wait a minute, why are you constantly giving things away? How are you going to make money? There are ways to make money by giving things for free. How many times have you gone to a website where you click on the homepage and then that button comes up, claim your free ebook, claim your free e-report? I'm sure you've seen that a hundred times. You all know why they do that, right? Well, if not, I'll just tell you. People do that because they want one thing from you. They're going to give you a free book, ebook, e-report. They want your email address because they want to develop a relationship with you so that down the line, when they want to sell you a product, you're going to have a connection with them. You're going to feel like you know them. Then they push the product to you. And if you have made a connection with them, and you feel that the content that they've provided you for free 
is worthwhile and useful and it's helped you, you are undoubtedly going to purchase the product. Now, when you have somebody who is pushing out content on an autoresponder, okay, that can be tailored in a way that makes it feel very social and very um, connected, the same way as if you were meeting with somebody in person. Because you have given them something of value. They've trusted you. They've given you their email address. Now that's on your mailing list. Now you have an autoresponder that's set up that's going to reach out to people on a periodic basis, however you set that up. And they feel like they know you because you're not spamming them and you're not giving them crap. You're giving them content. You're giving them advice or information. They feel like there's a relationship. So even though you're not talking to them directly, do you see how it's that social interaction that they're hooking up with? They're not connected to your email. They're connected to you. And then when you put out content on video, people get to see you. You know, it's important for people to see who they're buying from or who they're using as an accountant in Bethany's case. You want to know the person on you know, a limited basis. I mean, you don't need to go see what they do when they're not at work, but you need to kind of connect to them and, and feel like you can trust them. And then you could make money as a business owner because once you have that trust of the customer, and this is all, this isn't a scam. This isn't, you know, let me get you to trust me and then I'm going to trick you or, or take your money. This has to be genuine. You know, the, the things that I tell my kids all the time when they talk to me about, oh, these people are making money on the Internet, oh, passive income. You know, my, my oldest is 13 and he's seeing this now just because he's in video games and he'll see this content and he'll ask me about it. The one thing that people often overlook is some of the original ethics. And I don't mean ethics in, a, in, a, in an ethical sense per se, but some of the work ethic that we learned growing up that people talked about years ago. Now we hear easy, don't need a lot of work, let me put this content out on the internet and I don't have to do anything. But what you fail to, to utilize is hard work. Hard work, there's no substitute for it. Whether you are going to write an ebook or you are going to create an auto-responding email um, program, it is hard work. You have to write the content. If you're going to put out videos, it is hard work, and there is no substitute. Can you make money from your hard work? Once that work is done on a passive income strategy, sure you can. But if you go back to the building blocks of what you've done, it's the hard work. And the other thing that you can't overlook is the connection to people. That hard work and connecting to people, that is really the basis for a strong business. I can't think of one business out there that does not employ on some level those two principles, hard work and connection to your customer. You know what's a good example? Look at Coke. Coca-Cola, right? What does Coca-Cola do? I think it's, you know, in the spring and then summer. What do they do with their Coke cans and their bottles? You guys out there know? Anybody get those Coke bottles 
that have the labels on them that say share a Coke with, you know, dad, share a Coke with Stephanie, right? Why are they doing that? Why are they wasting their time? Everybody buys their product every anyway. Why are they wasting their time sticking those labels on Coke bottles that say share a Coke with somebody? Because connecting with you on a social level. And it again, it, it's not them calling you up and saying, hi, I'm from Coca-Cola and I just want to wish you a happy day. What they're doing is, obviously they can't do that. What they're doing is they're utilizing the power of social networking, social marketing. By sticking somebody's name on a label, share a Coke with Kim, you feel connected to Coke. Now, I personally, I've, I've, I think that Coke, by doing that marketing um, thing with the, the names, I would, if I was in a store and I had an option to go with Coke or Pepsi, I would go with Coke simply because I saw somebody's name that I know on the label, and maybe I'll, you know, think it's fun. Um, I sent my my oldest son into a you know like a bagel store on a Saturday, and I'd say, hey, listen, just pick me up a diet a diet Pepsi or something, and he will pick the diet Coke because it says share a Coke with Dad. So Coca Cola through their their marketing through that label, they are creating social interaction. They are creating that connection between the customer and Coke. And when Coke gives you that bottle, when you buy that bottle, and you give it to Dad or to Pat or to Kim or whoever, you feel like Coke is your friend. They, they know, hey, they know my mom. They know my dad. They know Pat. They know Kim. Right? And that's why they do it. But it's not necessarily a marketing ploy. It is harnessing the use of social interaction. That is how you do it. Does that make sense? Because look at Pepsi, right? Right now, what what is Pepsi doing to promote Pepsi? Can anybody tell me? Because I don't even know. It's not memorable at all. It's not memorable because there's no personal connection. But... Coca-Cola. Hey, they know my dad. That's that's what we think. And then we buy that product. So that's how you can harness the social connectivity with people by giving people a piece of you, by connecting with people. You cannot hide behind your computer screen. You cannot hide in your office and not connect with people and then expect that they're going to want to purchase from you or they're going to want to use your services. You know, some of the greatest customer service experiences have happened when I least expect it, when it's person to person. I want to tell you a quick story. A few months ago, I had called Home Depot to come out and to do a, an estimate where I needed some new windows. And, you know, after I, I booked it, after I had this call and I got the call from the Home Depot call center, you know, it, it was like, oh, I don't really want these people to come. It's a pain in the ass. They're going to come. They're going to try to sell me on something. I don't want to be sold on something. I just need to know ballpark what I'm looking at to replace some of these windows. And so I was totally down on the experience. And this, this 
guy comes to the door and I'm just turned off right from the beginning because I, I just feel like it's a waste of time. And the guy was probably in his 60s and he comes in and very polite. And the first thing he said to me was, would you like me to take off my shoes? You know, carpet or a runner on the ground um, over hardwood. And I said to myself, wow, all right, maybe I don't dislike you so much because you're showing some connection with me, some respect. He gave me his badge here. Here's my name. Um, you know, what, what can I do for you? And so because of that initial interaction, I started thinking, all right, well, maybe this won't be so bad. So I said to him right off the bat as the warning sign, listen, I am not looking to buy something right now. I need to know what I'm looking at because I don't know how expensive this is going to be. He said to me, Mr. Lamont, don't worry. I'm here to give you an estimate. I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm not going to pressure you. I'm here to help you. And I thought, oh, this is even better. He went up, he did his measurements, everything was done. He came downstairs and he was giving me three product lines that Home Depot sells and pricing them out that way. And he said to me, listen, I have three product lines. The first one is very, very um, inexpensive, but it's also of inferior quality. We sell it because we need to offer that bottom line. And then I've got the top of the line. And it's double paned and this and that and things that, you know, I didn't need. And he said, then I've got the middle of the line. He said, listen, I know you're not buying anything. And I know that, you know, maybe you'll be shopping around and getting somebody else to come out and give you quotes. Let me just explain something to you. And he sat down and he took out a cross section sample of a, of a window. And he said, here is what this window is like. Here's the insulation. Here's the padding. If somebody tells you that you need this type of window, understand that they're trying to upsell you, that they're not being genuine with you, that they want you to buy this product. But I'm going to tell you from my years of experience that you don't need it. I would go with one of these other, um, you know, windows. And he didn't sell me. He didn't try to market me. He wasn't trying to push me into buying a mid-range window because he, because a lot of times it's a sales tactic. Oh, don't buy the lower one. It's too cheap. Don't buy the higher one. It's too expensive. This is the one for you. A lot of people do that. And it's dis, disingenuous. You know, they, you know, it's, it's, it's not true. Um, but this guy wasn't like that. And I felt like I had a connection with him. And then he mentioned something about his granddaughter and what he had done over the weekend. Totally, totally genuine, not put on, not dishonest. And I really felt like I had a connection with him. Now, I had another company come out to give me an estimate. And that guy came out and he said to me, whoa, this is a big job. And, you know, you're going to need this and you're going to need that. Oh, don't worry, we can do it all for you. Um, here's the window that you need. This is the one. It's, it's, it's you know double paned and bulletproof and it wasn't really bulletproof, but you know what I'm saying. And he went on and on and on. And he said to me, if you don't do something with your windows, you're going to have this problem and that problem and this problem. And then it's going to create all this additional work and expense. So you really need to do this now. Oh, and by the way, there's a special. If you sign up today and he went on and on and all I could feel was this heavy pressure of somebody trying to sell me something 
and there was no connection. I didn't see him other than a talking head, some guy just spewing sales talk to me. No connection. Now, if I need to go get those windows, where do you think I'm going to go? I'm going to go back to the Home Depot guy because of that social connection. So I say, I tell you this story to illustrate the importance of having that social connection with people. So the Internet is not a replacement for social interaction. Why do we think that services like Meerkat or YouTube Live or Periscope or any of the other ones, the live streaming services, why do you think they're so um, well-liked, well-received? Because I can share what I'm doing right now with you, and you are you know, as good as here. You're sitting here with me as I'm explaining some things to you. So you're getting to know me. You're getting to know what I, I believe, what I think. I'm not here hiding behind a screen typing out, you know, happy St. Patrick's Day and sending it out and hoping that you give me business. That's not what this is about. So I want to tell Bethany, as I did when I spoke with her over the phone, the importance of connecting with your customers, clients, fan base, whatever it might be, cannot be overlooked. And you cannot hide behind the Internet and hope that people are just going to give you a call because they like your posts. Now, we had some additional conversations that I just want to mention to you about content in particular. And I, I mentioned at the top of the show that we had talked about her blog and that some of her blog was original content, but most of it was really content that she had cut and paste from somebody else. So let's apply what we've been talking about with social interaction with what she did, right? How many of you out there have either as business owners done this or as consumers seen it where it's a generic post? Somebody takes a post about something, they throw it up on their blog, they put their name on it. Okay, do you really have a connection with that person? No. So she said to me, how can I find the time to create content? And I want to talk about that for a second, because if you are going to push out content, it has to be high quality content. It cannot be crap because we as consumers are savvy. We know when you're pushing out crap to us versus when you're pushing out something that's genuine, that's really meant to help us. Pushing out stuff in the hopes that maybe your search engine rank will be higher. That is not going to get you a solid connection with your customers. It's not going to get you, um, you know, known or liked. It's not going to do anything for you. Like I said earlier, somebody will look at the content and say, oh, okay, that's a good story, but they're not going to remember you. So how do you find the time to put out content? Here's my rule of thumb. First of all, if you're not going to take the time to put out quality content, don't do it at all because then you're wasting your time. And there is zero benefit to it. And as a matter of fact, people will completely overlook you. And when they do realize it's you putting out the content, they're going to ignore you because we're not stupid as consumers. 
Okay, so now we know you've got to put out quality content. How do you find the time to do it? It does not need to take hours and hours and hours. What it needs is a little bit of organization. If I am preparing for a series of shows uh, on UTL Radio, I'm working on them a month in advance. Maybe I'll take a few hours out of a week, and I will designate that as time to prepare the show or time to generate content. And I'll block off that time, and I will create the content, and then I will distribute it throughout the month. Now, that doesn't always work. Sometimes, you know, you might be sitting in your car and you have an idea and you have a little notebook and you write down some content and then you go home and you, you know, prepare it. But the idea is that planning and organization are key tools when you're trying to create content. Because, again, if the content is not quality, don't bother to put it out there because nobody will read it. Nobody will feel that connection with you. And I think that uh, oftentimes, you know, you might see a blog that goes four, five, six days without a content, without content, without a post. But then that post comes a week later and it's high quality. I think that that's better than people that put a post up every single day that has no real meaning or connection to it. So I would say it is quality versus quantity, big time when it comes to content. There are people out there, um, some of you guys might follow some of these online sort of business professionals. Pat Flynn's one of them. He's a great, uh, a great guy. He's got a really great website, I think it's Smart Passive Income. Great podcast, you know, just a lot of great info that, that he pushes out. And he has talked about how he prepares content, and he utilizes virtual assistants and that sort of thing. And he'll sit down and he will prepare his podcast, which he does every day, uh, on, on a Sunday. And he'll do the entire week, he'll do all the recordings, and then he'll give it out to his virtual staff, and they'll prepare the content, and then they distribute it. So he says that it takes him about an hour to two hours to do a week's worth of 15-minute shows every, you know, because he does a 15-minute show answering a question every day. So that's how he does it. Um, I do it a little bit differently because... I try to do all of the shows live in addition to some pre-recorded content that I'll push out on the YouTube channel that give instruction about how to do certain things in the legal field. But my live content, it's slightly different. I can't prepare this or pre-record this. And I feel that live is something that's really important. Live helps me connect with you as if you're really here with me. Live gets me, you know, in in your minds, you know, as, as, as friends, as colleagues, as, you know, people that are collaborating together. So when you're doing something live, it's slightly different, but you still have to prepare the content. You have to prepare what you're going to be speaking about. And, you know, I do a lot of my live shows with a general overview, a general idea of what it is that I'm going to talk about. And then the rest of it develops as, as I'm going through the show. Sometimes we'll get a comment in the chat room, and that will lead me in a different direction. I have a general overview, a general plan, and I try to plan out my shows a week at a time. Now, with respect to blog posts that I might put up that are not connected to the show, maybe there is a recent court decision that is going to impact consumers or going to impact small businesses. I'll write that, 
And I'll try to do that towards the beginning of the week and push it out. But, but there are times when, just practically speaking, something happens, you want to write about it or report about it, and you, know, you really, really can't take everything, do it on a Sunday. Pat Flynn, for example, it works for him, and, and that's a great model to use. But in my world, trying to balance uh, running a business and, and dealing with the, the radio or, or, or the podcast and videos and trying to get good content out, I have to do it slightly differently. So there's no set rule for how you do content, when you do content. The rule that I always follow is organization. Think about what you're going to do before you do it. Take the time to plan out your content. If you're thinking about what sort of information do I want to give on my blog, well, I would sit down at the beginning of the week and I'll think to myself, all right, what do I want to tell people this week? What do I want to share with people? What do I want to do to interact with people? I'll come up with topics and then I'll go and I'll write what it is that I need. You don't need to do it all in one day. You also don't need to do it every single day because remember what the rule is. It's quality, not quantity, and give quality information. That is going to help you connect with people socially. That's the purpose of social media. It is not meant to be an easy way to push crap out to people and hope that they buy from you or hire you. Right, Because in this day and age, we as consumers, we're too smart. We know too much about how you're trying to manipulate us if you're not pushing out good quality content. So getting back to the original question, and thanks for all of you who are now um, here on Meerkat, let me just refresh everybody's recollection. And for those of you who are just joining me, let me just explain what we're talking about today. We are answering a question that was submitted by Bethany, who is an accountant in Houston, Texas. And Bethany's question is, I set up a small accounting firm last year, and I'm having trouble generating clients. I use social media and online advertising. What am I doing wrong? And I, I said that I talked to Bethany because I was so interested in her question. I, I asked if I could speak with her over the phone, and we talked for about an hour. And she told me that she was using Facebook posts, Facebook ads, she had a Twitter account, a blog, and a website, and she was explaining to me what kind of content she puts out, and it was basically a lot of retweets or uh, content like Happy St. Patrick's Day that she would stick up on her Facebook page, and she's wondering why she doesn't have that connection with her audience, why she doesn't have people coming in, hiring her as an accountant. And I, I explained to her what I thought she was doing wrong. And um, one thing that we haven't spoken about yet, and apparently there's, there's um, some sort of, of, of issue, because we're going to have Hawk Mikado on today, who was going to talk about um, the importance of making the physical connection, taking the online event to an offline you know, event. And I'll explain that in a minute. Um, he's supposed to call in at, at 20 minutes ago. This stuff happens on, on live shows, so we'll try to you know, rectify that with him, bring him back on at a later date. But I want to talk for a second about the idea of converting online marketing into offline connections. So 
We've talked all day today about the idea of social interaction and social media being social, trying to get that connection with your customers, with your clients, and getting people to know, to trust, to like you in a real way, not in a fake way, not in a this is how I am today because I'm trying to sell you something versus this is how I am if you see me you know, at the park with my kids on a Saturday. When you put yourself out there as a business owner, you need to put yourself out there as yourself, as who you are, not some fake front, not some you know, um, mask that you wear when you're at your store or at your business, but who you really are. And I think that that's a very important, often overlooked point when you're trying to run a successful business, especially small business. People want to connect with you, right? They could go to 100 accountants, 100 doctors. Why do they go to you? Because they connect with you. And all of the positive experiences that I as a consumer have ever had, or my wife or anybody in my family has ever had, has been a result of high-quality communication and content and connection with that person. If it's a dentist, do I want some dentist that's going to not talk to me, jab some Novocaine in my gum, not care that, you know, maybe I don't like the dentist? No. I want somebody that's going to be a little patient, maybe give me some information, maybe understand me. Because as a business owner, you can't treat every single person the same. If you're a services business, an accountant, a lawyer, a doctor, you have to understand that certain people are going to have certain needs that you have to fulfill if you're going to put yourself out there as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. So maybe this patient of mine is hypersensitive to needles, or maybe this patient, if I'm a dentist, is afraid of the dentist. What should I do? Just approach them like I would somebody that has no fear? No, you need to interact with them. You need to build that relationship. And you do that by being yourself. So let's talk for a second about the idea of taking your online marketing and bringing it offline to the real world. So you know I've been saying this whole episode that you can't separate the Internet from your social interaction with people. You can't hide behind your computer screen and hope that people are going to work with you, hire you, buy your product. At some point, you need to connect with people, whether it is front of people, face-to-face at a seminar where people can actually see you, face-to-face at a book signing, face-to-face at a seminar that you offer in your office. You know, you're going to have fans that follow you on the Internet, that connect with you on the Internet, and they're not going to always be able to come to your event. But you're going to have local people, right, who might want to come to your event, might want to see you, might want to meet you. So you have those local things. You do those things that maybe you don't want to do. If your town has um, a world, you know, not a worldwide, a, a town-wide uh, sale or, or event, you know, like my town has this um, Hawthorne Day, and, and you as a small business can set up a little table and you can go out and meet the people. Is your purpose that day to convert, convince people to sign up for your business, sign up for your karate school? No, it really shouldn't be. 
ultimately you want business because if you don't have money coming in, then you're, you're done. I get that. But you want to make connections with people. When you give a seminar, you know, I, I've given a, a ton of seminars. I really enjoy doing it. You know what I enjoy most? I enjoy meeting the people, talking to the people, listening to what their questions or concerns are and trying to help them. When I do a seminar, I always end up there a heck of a lot longer than I'm supposed to. But I'll never forget a few years ago, I was at this National Kitchen and Bath Association um, seminar, and I was the keynote speaker talking about how to protect yourself from liability in the kitchen and bath business arena. Um, and there was another lawyer and an insurance guy who was also presenting. And I was able to obviously give the first speech, and then they had me back for the closing speech. And so when I, ha I, I had the opportunity to listen to the insurance guy, the entire insurance seminar that he gave to these people, and there were like three or 400 people, was a sales pitch. You need insurance. Here's why. And here's what services we offer you. Here's what we sell you. Here's the price. Here's how it works. Totally hated it. No connection with this guy whatsoever. Giving me crap information if I'm sitting in the audience. Trying to sell me. Taking advantage of me. Knowing that, you know, he's here for one purpose. To sell. Then people had questions for him. And you know what he said? This blew my mind. So people started raising their hand. And he said, if you have questions, here is the 800 number, call, and one of our insurance specialists will be able to assist you. Really? That's what you say to people who have paid to come to an event? And believe it or not, right, no surprise, people hated it. Hated it. So then there was another lawyer who was speaking. And, and she was talking about uh, consumer fraud. And that was her whole focus of consumer fraud. And she had a piece of paper in front of her, right? And she read the law. The law is this and this and this. And you can't do this and you can't do that. And uh, that's it. And then people asked her questions. Well, the law says this and that and this and that. Okay, where's the social interaction there? And so that also didn't go over well. So, and again, please, I'm not patting myself on the back. I happen to really enjoy speaking in front of people. Um, but when I gave my speech, my, my lecture, I explained how to protect yourself or how to limit your liability and exposure. But you know what I did that I really enjoy doing, I try to do it with you guys too, is interact with you, is pose questions to you and, and wait for your responses. And that's what I do when I, I give these seminars. So while I'm giving out information, I'm inviting you to come in and join me and get involved in the discussion so that I can answer the questions that you want answers to, not just tell you what it is that I want to tell you, not just tell you what I prepared. And that, I think, is um, a downfall of a lot of people out there who are maybe a little introverted. They can go out and force themselves to give a seminar or to talk to a customer or when a customer approaches the counter, they can give them a limited amount of info, but they're not confident or comfortable enough to think on the spot, to give answers, you know, on the fly. And it's really something that you have to get used to. 
you know, growing up, I was a pretty shy kid. And, you know, I remember having a great deal of difficulty getting friends, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. I was really shy. And a lot of times people looked at my shyness and they thought that I was, you know, not friendly. Um, my wife still says I don't look friendly. So, well, there you have it. But um, it, it takes time to develop it. And it's something that no matter what age you are, 40, 50, 60, it doesn't make a difference. Put yourself out there and you will see a return on that investment more than any social media post that you can make. So you've got to be able to bring that, that online experience to offline. So here's another way to do it. I'm doing live video right now, streaming live on Meerkat, and hoping to connect with people. And what happens ultimately is that after a show airs, I'll get phone calls or emails. And it's really easy to just say, no, I don't have time for that. I don't do that. I talk to people when they call. You know, I give out my information so that they can call me and ask me questions. And on a given day, maybe there's 10 calls of people that have seen something online. They just want some more info. And it is totally worth it for me to connect with those people, not to try to get sales. Maybe, you know, a sale will come out of it. But because I genuinely appreciate the fact that they have watched my video, followed me online, and I'm developing that relationship with people. And when I talk to them on the phone, here is an example of bringing online to offline. It doesn't have to be face-to-face, -face, you know, where you can touch the other person. But when we do something like this where it's a live stream, you're getting to see me and you're getting to connect with me, and you can ask a question and I'll answer it the same way that we would if we were together in a seminar. So if you are selling a product that sort of reaches the entire country, a product uh, where, where you can sell it to every state, you might want to do something like this to connect with people. You know, again, Bethany, with her accounting business and her accounting question that she asked today with respect to social media, it's a little bit difficult because if you are a licensed professional in a state, right, I'm a licensed attorney in New Jersey. Uh, I'm licensed in the federal courts of New Jersey, but I'm not licensed in Arizona. Now, could I go and try to get licensed in Arizona? Sure. But, you know, maybe I don't want to go through that nightmare of taking the bar exam in all these other states. My point is, is that I can focus on my area if I am in Bethany's shoes, and I can try to connect with my local audience, um, but I can also reach out to other people. And while maybe, you know, Bethany can't practice in another state, maybe she can reach an audience and get people to understand information that she might have. And there's a huge benefit to that. Mike, thanks for joining me here on Meerkat. I see it's the first time watching the stream. Um, thanks, everybody who's out there. But uh, you know, just as an aside, we've been experimenting with Meerkat. Maybe we've done three or four of, of our live shows with Meerkat in place. Hopefully you guys like it. Um, if you do, just let me know because we're going to try to you know, expand 
and bring more of our shows to Meerkat. So um, thanks to all of you who are watching. But again, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at and, and answer Bethany's question is that social media is not enough without the social part of it being connected to what you do. Giving high-quality content, giving a little bit of your time, it has paid dividends um, for those people who have invested a little bit of time in their fan base or their customers or their clients. You know, there's, there's a number of lawyers out there and you know, I'm not a big fan of lawyers. I just, I just am not. Um, a lot of the, the stigmas that are out there about lawyers, a lot of the lawyer jokes, they're true. And a lot of, of times it's very difficult to be in a profession that's kind of filled with corruption. It's just, it's not a nice, a nice thing. Um, and it, it, it's hard. So I, I get that. But I see a lot of lawyers that are out there who push out content on YouTube. And there's this one particular lawyer who's a good lawyer, high-quality lawyer. But the content that's being pushed out is all about getting you to call him so that you'll hire him for a particular type of case. And, you know, that really bothers me. It's, it just bothers me because here I'm going to give you a piece of information that is really not all that helpful to you as an individual. And then I'm going to give you my contact info so you can call me for your problem. I don't like that. I don't think that that's a nice way, a good way, a high quality way to interact or connect with people. I don't think that that builds a social connection at all. I think that is a sales pitch, a you know, that's the equivalent of that other window guy that I was talking about coming into my home and trying to upsell me on windows versus the Home Depot guy who told me, look, you know, here's the truth about windows, right? So that's what you need to learn when you're going to give out content. You want to let people in, let people see who you are. And then once they get to, to know you, they're going to want to buy from you, whether it's a professional service or a product. They're going to want to because they connect with you. And it's the same thing that, that holds true with pushing out emails, these mass emails. Don't do it. You know, build an email list, yes, and work with quality content that once you capture somebody's email address, you push out quality content to them. But you, you cannot just expect to take from people without giving something back because we are savvy consumers and we don't want to be spoken to like we're idiots. We don't want to be manipulated. I hate that. I hate being manipulated. That's why everybody hates buying a car because when you go into a car dealer, they manipulate you. Nobody likes being manipulated. So don't do it. I don't care whether you own a pet store and you're working the, the front register and you know, you've got people coming in, connect with them, interact with them. Let people know who you are. Not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody is going to think that what you have product-wise or service-wise is worthwhile. Not everybody is going to give you good reviews. Not everybody is going to come back to purchase from you. But one thing that I think is really important to learn, 
And I know this, this strays a bit from what we were talking about. I think, though, that it's critical for your success to be who you are. Don't be somebody else. Don't be what you think people want you to be. Be who you are. You know, look, I, I say this all the time, right? I'm a lawyer. I'm not a big fan of the whole lawyer world and, and you know, sitting there wearing a suit every day. I'm not wearing a suit. If I go to court, sure, I'll wear a suit. But this is who I am. As a matter of fact, I'm wearing shorts because I've got nobody coming into the office today, and this is what I want to wear. This is me. I am an average guy. Yes, happen to be a lawyer, but who cares? Who cares? I don't want you to, you know, to follow me or to subscribe to the channel because I'm a lawyer. I want you to subscribe because you have a connection with me, because you feel like the, the content the quality of what I'm doing is worthwhile, something that you want to listen to or hear. Be yourself. The importance of being who you are cannot be overstated, okay? I don't care what people say about me. I want people who can connect with me to be there as my customers and my clients. And you need to think about that, too. I think that so many times people get lost in this idea of, well, I've got to be like this guy, or I've got to emulate this one, or I've got to look like him, or I've got to say this. Be who you are. Am I the most eloquent speaker out there? No. My wife tells me that I, I look like, you know, I, I'm in a motorcycle gang with my beard and, and bald head. And okay, <laughs> you know, maybe I do, but this is me. And I'm not going to be somebody else. And when a client comes in and they want to hire me, I am me. I'm going to tell you the, the honest truth about what I think. I'm going to tell you what I think my, my opinion is, you know, my, my best advice that I can give you. I'm not going to conform. I'm not going to be what everybody else is. And that's what makes every one of you special is who you are. I don't want to buy from a robot. I don't want to buy a product or a service from a robot. I want to buy from a person. I want to buy from somebody that I can have a connection with. Even if that connection is a fleeting momentary connection. You know, somebody that, that comes in from Stanley Steamer to, um, you know, yeah, motorcycle gang. That's what my wife says all the time. Um, but somebody from Stanley Steamer who comes in, they're only going to be in your house for a half an hour cleaning a carpet. But when they come in, they don't just barge in with their big hose, ignore you, and start vacuuming. They, they interact with you for a minute. Even if it's just a minute, you feel that connection. And they're being who they are, you're being who you are. And I really think it's important to, to really understand that success in business, there are no shortcuts. All of this stuff on the internet where people are telling you, Passive income and just do this and just do that and be like me and say this. and you got, you got to really look at it. Look at it closely and analyze it and see is it really, really true or are those people trying to sell you something? You all have um, something special, we all do, about us that makes people want to connect with us. You guys have friends who are like you or like you because of who you are genuinely, not because of who you pretend to be. 
And that's why things like Facebook just drive me insane, right? Because we hide behind the computers, we say things, we chime in, we get involved in conversations, we criticize people. Well, there's no place for that in business. You have to be who you are. If you are a lawyer that likes to wear shorts and polo shirts, go ahead and do it. Make sure that you're a good lawyer. If you're, you know, somebody that's not qualified, well, that's a different story. But be who you are. If you want to start a business where, you know, you're catering to dog lovers, don't be afraid to be who you are. If you like somebody's dog, go pet it. Be you. That's what draws us as consumers to merchants and to, um, you know, service professionals. It's that connection. And we overlook it all the time. And there's no shortcut to that. Be you. Maybe you're not going to get everybody in your area to come into your store, but you're going to get people that like you that come back over and over again. You know, just think about some of these establishments in your local communities that have been there forever. A deli, a barbershop, somebody that you know is like a staple of the community, and you go to them all the time because you've got that physical connection with them. Why do people go to places like Disney World, right? It's expensive. People complain about it all the time. I love Disney World, though. So, you know, I, I, I'll talk about that in a minute. But why do they go there? Because there is that nostalgia, that feeling of connection to something that you feel comfortable with. And what was it that people always said about cast members at Disney? That they treat you in a special way. They are friendly. Now, maybe not so much. I know there's been a lot of complaints lately about uh, the quality of employee. But generally speaking, you know, you, you've got that connection with the people there. So why do people go and spend money at Disney World? You know, why do they spend money on over, overpriced items? Because there's that connection. Why do you wear a Mickey Mouse T-shirt? It's an emotional, psychological connection. If you wear a T-shirt from your favorite brand or product, why? Because you have an emotional connection. Do you even realize, right, that you're advertising for that brand, that company, that show? Sometimes people don't realize that because they connect with it so much. I go back to that example I gave earlier about the Coke marketing campaign, Coca-Cola. Share a Coke with dad, share a Coke with mom, you know, share a Coke with brother. They do that to create an emotional connection. And you can't do that, which is what I told Bethany, hiding behind a computer, putting out generic posts. Interact with people. Invite people to get to know you on whatever level you feel comfortable with. You know, if you're a, a, a merchant at a store, you own a store, do you have to tell them what you had for dinner last night? No. Are they going to care? Probably not. But, you know, are they going to care about your dog or your favorite breed or something that your dog might have done? Or what if you are, are honest about a product? What if somebody comes to your register with a product and um, you believe there's a better one out there? Maybe that better one, in your opinion, is less expensive. Why not give them that information? You know, years ago, long, long time ago, when I was in college, um, I worked at a general nutrition center. And 
you know, it used to drive me crazy because I, I think the idea of dishonesty in real life or in business just drives me crazy. I mean, I just would rather people be honest because dishonesty is just so bad on so many levels. But I remember working there and being trained, and I was told that in order to make money at General Nutrition Center, you must sell the GNC product because it used to be, I mean, this is going back years and years ago, 15 years ago or more. Um, it used to be that the salespeople would get a commission for selling GNC product. And so if somebody came in and it was a, a, an option between brand A or a GNC brand, and I knew as a salesperson I was going to get a commission on that, what would I do? Or what did they want me to do? They wanted me to promote that GNC brand, even if it was inferior in some way or another. At one point, I got fed up with doing that because I really felt like I wasn't being me and I wasn't being truthful. You know, years and years ago, not what I am now, not, not by a long shot, but years and years ago, I used to be um, an, an athlete. I mean, I threw the javelin in college. Um, it was close to qualifying for the Olympic trials had gotten hurt and then started bodybuilding. And when I was bodybuilding, you know, I went and I listened to a lot of the, the um, suggestions from people about products and supplements. And I got duped many times by people who were trying to make a commission. And I really didn't like that. I wanted somebody that would be honest with me. And so when I worked at GNC, I got to the point where even though I wasn't going to make a commission on a product, I just felt like I'm going to tell you the truth. Listen, I know that this GNC product is what's being promoted on the signs, but it's not the best one for what you want to accomplish. And I managed to get a lot of, of quality relationships with people, even on a limited basis, uh, because of that honesty. You know, another thing that, that is kind of connected to this, that movie, Miracle on 34th Street, not the remake, the original, um, Remember when Santa tells the woman who's looking for a particular toy that she can go to, I think it was Gimbal's, and they had that product. And remember there's this big uproar, and, and they go into uh, the boss's office, and he says, oh, this is genius, because all of the people that we have sent out to another merchant have come back with positive things to say about us. That I know it's a movie. Um, but I think you can learn so much from that. I really do, because it's the idea of honesty. It's the idea of operating on the level with people. And that's what bothers me about social media when it's not used properly, because you're not operating on the level with people. You are giving them, not you. You're taking content from other people, adopting it, putting it out, but it's not you. Would you talk like that? Would you write like that? Would you communicate with people like that? You know, probably not. Be you. And I can't think of a more important thing than that. Look, there are a lot of times that I'll get a client that comes in the office and I'll say to that client, listen, if you hire me, you are going to be spending more money than you ever hope to recover because your claim is not really valuable. And I'll turn them away. And they get mad. Well, why are you telling me that? I'm telling you that because I don't want to operate in a manner 
that you would later on believe was deceptive. I'm not going to lie to somebody. I would rather tell you the truth. I'm also going to be who I am. I am not going to be a pretentious, you know, a-hole because that's what this profession calls for. This profession, being a lawyer, very difficult. You deal with a lot of immoral people, a lot of, um, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of people that just only care about making money. And, and I understand we all need money to, to live, but whether it's a religious belief or an ethical belief or some moral belief, whatever it might be, I truly believe that what you give, you get. And when you are dishonest and when you are a sketchy character, you will ultimately get that back somewhere along the line. And so I'm a really big believer in being honest and being who you are. And who you are online, who you are offline, taking your online interactions, bringing it offline, whether it's through streaming video, whether it's through um, some meet and greet that you might have at your office, whether it's some event that you sponsor, get to know people because with the exception of online retailers like Amazon, where you don't know anybody at Amazon. All you know is you order a product and it comes to your house. You're happy with it. That's fine. That model works because of what Amazon is. But I'm not talking about these super huge mega companies. I am talking about small, mid-sized businesses, maybe sole proprietors, startup entrepreneurs. How do you want to get people to purchase from you? How do you want people to use your services? And it's through being you. And I don't care what anybody else says to you. If you are not you, if you are not who you really are, people know it. How many times have you gone to a website where somebody is promoting something or you buy an ebook and the book is littered with self-promoting nonsense? Okay, don't you know it when you read it? Aren't you like, are you kidding me? I just spent $2.99 on this, and all it talks about is them promoting them? That's not genuine. I, I, I know that we're in a world where capitalism is king, and I know that there's this belief that you step over everybody to get where you want to be, and I just can't subscribe to that belief. I just can't, you know, believe that there are, not good people out there. And that's how you should think about running your business. Being a good person, communicating, connecting. Those connections that you make will last a lifetime. If not with that person, through word of mouth, through online comments and feedback. Which leads me into a side topic about online feedback. Last week we did a show and we talked about the importance of online reviews and feedback and whatnot. And, um, you know, there's a lot of marketing technique out there about what to call your review. Are you looking for a client review or feedback? Now, you can call it whatever you want. What do you believe it to be is the more important question. And I believe that it should be feedback. And I believe that you should really want feedback, not just somebody posting a positive review. 
right? Which is why I don't understand the concept of purchasing followers, purchasing reviews. I don't understand that because A, are you getting a true analysis of what your business, your product, your service is doing? Do you really have an idea of how profitable you are or how many people you're reaching out to? No, you have no idea. B, you know, you're duping people, okay? And that does not translate into something high quality. So I don't understand that. The idea of getting feedback from your customers or your clients, I think is critical. It does so many things for you. It helps you understand the needs of your customers and, and, and clients. And that's so important. You know, hi out there. Uh, thanks for joining. There's some, some new people joining. Uh, I'm Justine. Thanks for, uh, for tuning in. We're talking about, you know, this whole conversation started from a question that we had from an accountant who was um, basically saying that she had an online business and, and, or she's online marketing campaign and she can't get people into her, into her door, into hire her. And so we've been talking about that and the conversation has sort of uh, led us into different directions. But I think that, that these topics are worth exploring. Uh, I'll try to wrap up soon. I do appreciate all you guys out there who have uh, stuck with me through this whole tirade, but um, I do appreciate it. Um, but getting back to what I was talking about with respect to feedback, feedback is critical. But you know what it all comes down to? It comes down to being honest again, but this time honest with yourself. Don't you want to know what people honestly think about your business? Don't you think that it's important to, you know, have an understanding um, from a business standpoint of what your customers feel about you? You know, I oftentimes I'll ask almost every show or, or out there online, let me know what topics you want to hear about. Let me know what is important for you. Because I want to try to produce content that is good for you. And when I ask for feedback, it's genuine. You know, a couple of, of or maybe it was like six months ago, I had put up a video on the YouTube channel. And the video dealt with um, whether or not you could photograph or video record police officers engaged in a traffic stop. And it, it was a very interesting topic. There had been a case that had recently come down. And so I thought it was important to shoot this video. And the video was, I was using at the time, I was using a DSLR camera. And I had um, set it up and I went to record the video and it was focused on a tree in the back of my office, like a, a plant. And so I was slightly out of focus. <laughs> I got this comment from somebody on YouTube that said, you know, I don't know whether or not it's illegal to photograph the police, but it should be illegal to put up a blurry video on YouTube. Now, it wasn't blurry, blurry. I was a little out of focus. But you know what? I responded to that. And sure, I mean, maybe it could have been said nicer, but whatever. I, I took that as feedback. And I, said, I wrote back to the person and I said, you're right. It, it should be. It was out of focus. I just thought that the content was so important that I wanted to get it out there. And, um, and, and so, you know, I've corrected that moving forward. So even 
people, and I'm not just talking about the people that say negative things about you just because they're jerks. I'm talking about people that might have criticism or feedback, because all criticism is feedback, that you can learn something from. So, yeah, was I kind of like, oh, man, you know, you're dissing me over the, the video being out of focus. Yes, but you know what? I made sure that I corrected that problem in the future. And I think it's important to be honest with yourself as well as being honest with your customers, but be honest and say, you know what, I'm not perfect. And half of what we do is not perfect, if not more. And you know what, I just have to learn what people want. Remember, when it doesn't make a difference if you're a product or a service-based business. What do you need to do? You need to provide quality to your customers and clients. And therefore, you need to understand the needs of your customers and clients. Don't just force something on them that they don't want or don't need because what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have zero return. Don't just take a Facebook page and stick some ridiculous content, happy St. Patrick's Day, and expect something out of it. Right? So this whole conversation today has been focused around the idea of connecting with people. Yes, you can start the connection online, but at some point that connection has to be genuine and it has to transcend the Wi-Fi signal, right? And it can be done the way we're doing it right now. I'm communicating with you. You can interact with me. We can have conversation. Doesn't need, I don't need to be in your living room, okay? But for businesses, I think it's really important, business owners, entrepreneurs, know your customers, know yourselves, be honest, honest with your content, honest with who you are. If you want to have a beard, unless you're a woman, if you want to have a beard, go and have it, right? You know, if you want to wear shorts and you're, you can do it, go ahead, now, obviously, you have to understand that there's limitations. I couldn't go to court in shorts, but be you. Don't be somebody else. Don't try to fake who you are because that 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 that, that sort of is rolled into what content you put out there, the message that you send. How think about the people that you watch on YouTube. Think about the companies that you buy from. Think about the small merchants. Think about your beautician or your hairstylist or your barber. Think about the grocery store that you go to. Think about the people that you have in your life, whether it's a cashier at a grocery store, that you, you'll go to that cashier all the time if she's available, or you'll go to the same barber, or you'll go to the same you know, um, diner. Why? Because of the, the, the feeling that you get from trusting that person. Trusting that barber, trusting that beautician, that's why you go there. So I think that it cannot be said enough times that online needs to somehow transfer over to offline. And again, as long as you're doing something where you're connecting with your client base, your fan base, your customers, and you're giving them parts of you, I think that that's where you're going to have a, a significant benefit. And be honest, be
Be honest with yourself. Accept feedback. Ask for feedback. Don't ask for reviews. Oh, can you review me? Really? No. Ask for feedback because you really care about what people say, not just because you're hoping for the positive review. I want to know what people think. Be genuine with your clients and your customers. Give a little of yourself. If you are investing the time into being an entrepreneur or a business owner, invest yourself in these people that will become your clients, customers, and fans. Give them some insight into who you are. You can't fake a connection with somebody. If people think you are, they will not be involved with you. If people think the advice you're giving is solely aimed at getting you clients, customers, or money, they will be out of there once they realize it. Be you. You know, I really believe what I do. I believe that not being like every other lawyer is a valuable thing. I believe that giving people information, trying to help people when I can, is a valuable thing. Do I need to make money? Yes. Do we all need to pay bills? Yes. But do I need to do that at other people's expense? Do I need to be somebody else? No. No. And think back. And again, look, I'm just using myself as an example. I, I don't believe that I'm the uh, epitome of everything that everybody should be uh, by a long shot. And I'm not patting myself on the back. But when I think about me, I think back to when I was working at GNC, for example, and, and said, you know what? This isn't right. I don't want to make a commission off of a product that I think is crap. And it, it kind of has just been part of me as I have developed as a person and, and as a business owner. You know, and I just, I'm going to have people that hate me. I'm going to have people that don't want to work with me. I'm going to have people that don't like me. And that's okay. You don't have to. You know, not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody is going to like what you do. And being a business owner is tough, for sure. You're going to have a lot of criticism and critiques and people that don't like you and haters out there. Sure, you know, but if you're putting yourself out there, you've got to be willing to accept that and expect it. But don't be somebody other than who you are. And that all comes back to honesty, which is really what we've talked about today. Why are, or is Bethany not doing great with bringing in customers from her online experience, her Facebook, her Twitter, her blog? Why? Because there is a lack of honesty. And again, I'm not calling Bethany a liar. What I'm saying is that it is not honest content, honest sharing, honest interaction. It is going through the motions to do what everybody else is doing. Oh, this dentist or this accountant or this lawyer or this doctor or this bakery owner, they have a website, this landscape or whatever career or, or um, business you have. You know, just because they do it doesn't mean you should do it. Why are you doing it? Connect with people. And I, I hope that that message has um, come across today. And I hope that that really answers this question that Bethany asked today. Um, does that make sense to you guys out there? What I said about honesty, does that, you know, does that click? Does that ring a bell? Does that say, uh, you know, I seem to understand how honesty with yourself and with your content 
can help generate a solid customer base. You know, because the thing is this, if you're dishonest with people in any way, and again, I don't mean dishonest necessarily in a, in a negative connotation where I'm not calling you a liar. I'm not saying you're lying to your customers. But when you don't have that level of honesty and transparency and, and your willingness to share you, even if you get a customer, even if you get somebody who is going to purchase a product or a service, they might do it once. But if they don't feel that honest connection with you, are they going to be willing to come back and to do it again? And I'm going to say no. You're going to have a one-hit wonder. They don't come back. Why do people keep coming back for more? Why do they come back to you? Because of you. Because of the feelings that they get from your company, from your business, from your staff, from you as an individual if you are a, a professional services person. And it, it comes down to honesty. And that's really the issue. And that's what I think a lot of the content out there that talks to you about how to utilize and harness social media is missing. I can tell you how to go on Twitter. I can tell you how to tag people. I can tell you what kind of stuff to put up on Facebook. But I can't tell you how to be you, and I can't tell you how to connect with people because only you can do that. But when, until you realize that Internet is a means of connection with people, you're not going to be able to succeed at this social media stuff that we're doing today. And no matter what you put out there, you're not going to generate that, that, that business that you need to support yourself, your family, and your business. You know, it's just about honesty. And that's the, the you peel back all the levels of what it is to utilize social media to bring people into your business. It is honesty. And, um, you know, if any of you out there have stories or anything that, that, that are, are you know, connected to today's topic, please send out a, tr a tweet, contact me, and, and I'll talk about it um, you know, during the next show because I think it's super, super important that people really understand you know, how important it is to share yourself honestly. Do I make mistakes? Do I say stupid things in some of my videos? Do I stumble? Are there days when I'm tired? Yeah, but you know what? I'm giving you me. And I'm not putting on airs. This, this is me. And I hope that you guys enjoy it, that you take something from it, that you like me and you like sharing. I hope. But I can't force you to like me. I can only be true to myself. And I know it's cliche and I know that people talk about it all the time. But I have yet to see that business model out there that talks about you. When you are creating a business, Whose business is it? Yours. When you're a professional services person, who is giving the service? You. People need to know you. Be honest. All right. That's going to wrap up this long-winded tirade. It went way longer than I thought, and I really do appreciate everybody who has stuck around, um, whether or not you have downloaded this from iTunes, whether you've been watching on YouTube Live, or all my friends here on Meerkat, uh, I really do thank you for sticking with me and for listening to what I have to say. I want to just tell you what's coming up on UTL Radio because we have a lot of shows coming up. So um, on tomorrow's show, we're going to be doing a show about successfully generating 
passive income. And we're going to be talking to uh, the, the founder of LiveTraders.net, uh, and he is going to be talking about you know, ways that you can generate passive income. We're going to be exploring that and talking about that with him. Also, you know, we were talking about Disney, and um, let's see, in a few weeks, 7-2, right, July 2nd, we're going to have the author of Time Management Magic, Lee Cockrell, on the show. Uh, Lee is a former executive vice president of operations at Walt Disney World. He's going to be talking about his experiences at Walt Disney and a little bit about his book and some of his other books that he's written. Uh, we also have some great shows that we just completed. Uh, anybody out there know Kimberly Guilfoyle from Fox News? She's a co-host of The Five. She was on on the 18th of this month, and that uh, episode is available both on YouTube and through Blog Talk Radio. Um, all the links are at utlradio.com for you to check out. But Kimberly's uh, interview was really, really excellent. It talked about making your case and being your own advocate. She talked about her book. We also had uh, J.D. Damier on the show from Feedback to Reviews. I mentioned that. We had uh, Captain Lee from Bravo's show Below Deck on a few weeks ago. And uh, so all those shows are available, archived on, um, on the website, on Blog Talk Radio, and on YouTube. But we've got a lot of really great stuff coming up. And here's something I'm super excited about. We are going to be starting a brand new Wednesday show, and it's going to be a music business and law show. And we're going to take one artist, one musician, band, or, or solo artist, and we're going to be featuring them on that Wednesday half-hour show, featuring their music and talking to them about their experiences in business and the music industry. Because right, an artist who puts out music for money has to deal with business and legal issues. And we're going to talk to some of these artists about that and their experiences and what we can learn. So for any of you out there um, who might know an artist that would be interested in sharing their story, please let them know to contact us so that we can get them on the show. Uh, right now we have um, Mark Cohen, remember Walking in Memphis. He is, is going to be... Um, booked very soon for the show. We also have coming up Nate Maingard. And Nate, this is a very fascinating story. Nate is a self-published musician and has promoted himself outside the bounds or the realms of, um, of promotions and, and record labels and stuff. So that's super cool. We're going to be talking to him, to Nate, on 7-1. So that's July 1st. And that's going to be the first uh, show. And, and we're calling that show on a different note, because all of the shows that we do on UTL Radio, they all are business or legal oriented. So if you go to utlradio.com, which again is being updated, and hopefully the updates will be ready today, you'll be able to get a full schedule of shows. But we do shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for right now. Monday's show is a business and legal week in review. It's co-hosted with uh, Bob Hughes, and we talk about some of the recent legal and business stories, and we kind of give some insight into them. Um, then on Tuesdays today, we do the business and legal Q&A. So um, that's what we're doing today. We take somebody's question and we answer it. 
And then on Wednesdays, we're going to be doing the new music show. And then on Thursdays is an understanding business show where we bring in somebody who has had success or failure. And uh, they're in the business world. And we talk to them. We interview them. That's where we had, um, you know, some of our former guests on. We had Captain Lee. We had, uh, let's see, who else did we have? Um, We had Matt Roloff from Little People, Big World. We had... Um, Chef Fabio Viviani, those of you who watch Top Chef, he was on. I mean, we've had a lot of people on. And the list, you know, Lori Cheek from Shark Tank, who was from Cheeked. Um, we've done Amy Applebaum. You know, we've just done so many people, and it's really valuable. So that's the Thursday show. Um, I think I might need glasses, but Mad Flecker, you say you know an artist um, who could use some help and 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 great. I mean, if they'd like to be on the show, you know, pass along my information, let them contact me, um, because the show is not just about famous artists. It's about up-and-coming artists, talking about some of their challenges, too. So, and, and, you know, we can take so much, you know, information, and and, um, we can learn so much. Even if your business is not music, we can learn from these musicians who are struggling because the same things that we see contracts and um, negotiations and business disputes and partnership disputes in businesses that are not music related we're going to be able to kind of tie in and connect and um, you know we're going to feature the artist's music on the show and talk to them about it so uh, thanks for that um, and let them know pass on the information and any of you guys out there so if you want to help us stock that Wednesday show uh, please let people know, anybody who is in the music industry, record producers, um, artists, up-and-coming artists, anybody that, that would like to talk about their experiences in music and connect it with business and law, we'd be happy to have you. So that's the overview, the rundown of what this show is about. Um, all of you guys out there and girls on, on Meerkat, thank you so much for tuning in and for sticking in and watching this. I hope to see you on a regular basis. I hope you guys subscribe. And, um, you know, I'll make use of Meerkat more often if you think it's worth it. Don't forget also, utlradio.com has got all the information. Everything's free, by the way. I'm not, you know, everything's free. You go to utlradio.com, you can see the show schedule. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. We give uh, business information, legal information, and um, things like what we talked about today over there. So I'd really, really appreciate it if you guys would subscribe, and that way you get notified when new content is available. So um, that's that's it. I mean, I've spoken so much. I can't even believe I talked this long, but I did it. Uh, so thanks a lot, really, from the bottom of my heart. I hope that, that this was insightful. I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. If you think this was a good show, worthwhile, something that you'd tell your friends about, if you got something out of this, if you'd like to see other topics, UTL Radio has all the links, utlradio.com. But if you want to reach out to me, obviously my Twitter handle is at PJLLaw. Um, if you want to contact me directly through email, it is utlradio.com. Just go to info at utlradio.com. That's the email address, info at utlradio.com. If you want to call the office and talk, 973-949-3770. 
All of that information is on the website. I almost forgot my phone number there for a second. Um, see, you got to be who you are, and I almost forgot my phone number. Um, but go ahead and reach out and contact me, and let's let's see what you guys want, what you need, what content you'd like to see, and I'd be happy to put it out there. So thank you again so much, and I, I look forward to seeing some new subscribers and some people that are going to stick with us and um, you know build the relationship that we talked about today. All right, so I'm going to wrap up now uh, on the podcast and the video feed, so bear with me for one second. That's going to do it for today. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in, for downloading, and uh, I will be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about how to create successful passive income streams, and then back Thursday with Understanding Business. Um, thanks so much for all you guys out there who listened. I appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, leave your comments, subscribe on iTunes, and uh, let me know what you think of today's show. Remember that there's power in understanding the law. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. Huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000-square-foot showroom is Court-certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.